Whether disasters are happening on a global scale or in your personal sphere, these are difficult times that require prophetic insight from God in order to be at rest. This is Sam Solon inviting you to the continuing study of the book of Revelation. The Lawless One. Let's continue our, our conversation on the Lawless One. We're reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And at verse 8, we saw the revealing of the Lawless One. Then the Lawless One will be revealed. We dwelt upon the fact that the lawless one changes the truth into a lie. He quotes the scriptures, he knows the scriptures, knows how to quote them, but he is antinomian, he is anomia, nomos being law, anomos is like asymmetry, lawless changes the truth into a lie because he's not concerned about the truth. Truth just serves whatever ends he makes of it and his ends are to draw you into the worship of Satan. And there we're not talking about witches and covens and movies about clandestine meetings and so on. They're not talking about that. We're talking about over the whole earth, no one being able to resist the seed of the serpent. So in order to have provision and protection, everyone bows to or gives in to or acknowledges or obeys that which offers the promise, that which offers the promise of their survival. The lawless one is skilled, he speaks great things and blasphemies. He's skilled at blending the line between a lie and the appearing of truth. And the discernment is to know you must have discernment to know what is the lie and what is the truth. Now how do you have such discernment? The answer is understanding the distinction between, the, between things that are true and the spirit of truth. So, and I went through examples from my own growth and maturing but also talking to you about these talking heads on TV right now who are a type of the man of lawlessness. They absolutely are. And your spirit should have a nauseating response to these opinionators who are skillful in two things. First, 
They tell you what they want, what you want to hear. And they stir up enmities in you. But secondly, they do so in a way that gives them plausible deniability. They ask, they, they, they feed you what they want you to regurgitate, but they do so by asking you questions. And they appear stunned and shocked and outraged, but it's all theater. It's all manufactured theater. They will even admit that when held to account. They will say, quote, no reasonable person could be expected to believe what we are saying. They'll do that when held accountable. And it's not even that you aren't a reasonable person if you're deceived by these provocateurs. It's not that you're not a reasonable person. Reason won't save you from this. If you're a son of Greece, you are drawn in. And and so it says, as opposed to being a son of Zion, because as a son of Zion, you have a measure, a standard that is called the spirit of truth. And you understand, your spirit knows within you, your spirit knows when the witness of the truth is being spoken because the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits. When what is said is representational of, of the Holy Spirit, it'll register in our spirits in a certain way. When it is not representative of the Holy Spirit, but indeed representative of lawlessness and deception, your spirit within you will be animated, will be in distress because the note will be discordant. So if you are not able to make that distinction now, and there are countless millions of evangelical Christians who mouth exactly what they hear from their favorite news channels. There's no understanding of Scripture, no discernment of the Holy Spirit. They're being led astray by the the leaders who have told them what they want to hear. This is lawlessness. This is anomia. If you don't know the Scriptures, and if, number one, and number two, if you are not led in your understanding of the Scriptures by the Holy Spirit, shall I say those again? If you neither know the Scriptures nor are you led in what Scriptures you do know, nor are you led by your understa- in your understanding by the Holy Spirit, I am saying to you now, you are already deceived. You're already deceived. And the perpetrators of this deception are the leaders who have continuously led the children of God 
into greater and greater wilderness experiences. They represent the woman in the wilderness who is looking for legitimacy and they are drawn in by the spirit of lawlessness. Here is how the man of lawlessness is going to be disclosed and destroyed. Number one, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. Number one. And number two, destroy with the brightness of his coming. What does it mean to be whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth? What does that mean? And further, what does it mean? And with the brightness and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, conventionally, how have we heard these scriptures? We've heard the scriptures that say, when Jesus comes back, when Jesus comes back, he's going to destroy the Antichrist. That's what we've heard. And we've conflated the outcomes of the throne of judgment by in, to which all of the enemies of God are brought as captive suspects and destroyed. We've said that, but that comes at the end of the millennium. According to Revelation 20, the timing of that is the end of the millennium, when he is summing up all things in Christ. So what exactly is meant by whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and or what is meant by destroy with the brightness of his coming. Let's plunge into these. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. Now, There the word consume is analogous to the word annihilate or destroy. It's the word analisco, analisco, and it it properly means to use up, to destroy or to consume, whom the Lord will consume but here's how we will do it. With the, and the word breath here is the word pneuma. Pneuma. That's the word for spirit. So with the spirit of his mouth, what comes out of the mouth of the Lord? What do scriptures say come out of the mouth of the Lord? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what comes out of the mouth of God is word. Breath there is the word spirit. So the Lord will consume 
with the spirit of his word. What have I been talking to you about? The distinction between things that are true and the spirit of the truth. The spirit of the truth. Or plainly put, the spirit of truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How then will you know the truth? I will send you the Comforter who is the Holy Spirit and He will take of what belongs to me and He will distribute it to you. So there is a dispensation, a distributing. The word dispensation is not about timing. I don't know how many times I have to say that. It's not about what happened in this dispensation of time or that dispensation of time. No, a dispensation is a giving out, an oikonomia. That's actually the word. So as time progresses, God gives out more of the word that has been reserved as bread for the day. Have you not heard that there is hidden manna? Hidden manna is not to be found anywhere in the traditional doctrines of religion, of Christian religion. If you're relying on those things, the traditional doctrines of Christian religion, if that's what you're relying on, what Luther said, what Calvin said, what is in the code of conduct or the book of of, um, uh, methods or whatever it is you're relying on, those may have been true or useful at a certain point in the growth of the believer. But if you have not grown up, it's because you're not living on the Word as God is revealing the Word in the fullness of time. There's an order in nomos, suitable for the fullness of time. And it's consistent with what God is producing amongst and in a people who are ready, who are prepared, who are mature. So here's the next portion, and I could go on quite a bit on that. But God will destroy with, quote, the spirit of his word, which is the breath of his mouth, the, the pneuma that comes out of the word, every, it comes out of his mouth, and destroy, destroy with the brightness of his coming. Again, if you, if you look domestically at what does this mean, the brightness of his coming, what, what, what are we talking about? The word for the brightness of his coming, brightness there, it's, it's, uh, it, it's the word that relates to the effulgence. The sun is the radiance, the brightness of his Father's glory. The sun is the exact representation 
he will, he's the exact representation of the Father. So another word for the word brightness is the word epiphany, epiphany. And in the Greek it's the epiphania, E-P-I-P-H-A-N-E-A, epiphania. An epiphany is an incarnation. Antiochus Epiphany claimed that God was appearing as Antiochus, a very modest title. There's an epiphany of God that is available and possible. This epiphany is the incarnation in flesh of the mature Son. This is consistent with the teaching from the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, the last chapter, where he says, And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into His temple. And who can endure the brightness of His coming? For He shall be as a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap, because God will have men in righteousness who serve Him as in the the days gone by. The epiphany, the bright appearing of Christ. If you've seen Me, you've seen My Father. Father, let them be one in the manner in which You and I are one. You are in Me, I am in You. Let them be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me and have loved me, uh, love them as you have loved me. So, what do we get then? What is the antidote for the man who changes everything to conform to his image and likeness? What, what is the antidote for that? How is this man of lawlessness, this enomia, this antinomian who does away with the ancient landmarks, who does not uh, regard the spirit of truth, but instead will tell you anything for the sake of inducing you to rely to your destruction. What is the antidote for that? The antidote is the spirit of the Word coming out of a mature body. The brightness of His coming, because the Son is the radiance of His Father's glory. That's how the Father appears. He appears in the Son and Christ appears in us, in the glory of His mature state. So that's where the war is going to be. Now, the coming of the lawless one, here's where it ties directly into our reading in the book of Revelation, the 13th chapter. The coming of the lawless one is in accordance to the working of Satan. How does Satan work? With all power 
signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who dwell on the earth, actually among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the deception amongst the unrighteous, saved from the the hegemonic control, the way that the lawless one interprets, distorts, and twists scripture. People rest or twist the scripture to their own destruction. And for this reason, because they love the deception, if you are taking in things and not filtering them through the Spirit of Truth, if you're taking them in because they feed your fear, that fear that you will not submit to Christ, that fear that you refuse to overcome, when you've been told time and again, and when you yourself have known that this is a place where Satan's got you locked up, but you will not come into the light, you will not bring it into the truth. You're part of religious organizations that have no clue as to how you might do that, have no understanding of blockage removal, the, the rescue of the soul from the control of the enemy, who teach that the saving of the soul is by obeying for spiritual laws and making a declaration rather than rescuing the soul from a mindset that's rooted in Adam and by which you've been already predisposed to the terror of the loss of provision and protection. What do we think right-wing Christianity is today? What do we think this Republican Jesus is about? Do we not understand that this is all about provision and protection and your heroes on Fox News are those who feed that in you? You hear the the supposed prophets telling us there's a culture war? God has launched this war to rescue His people out of the security that they have in making things the way they used to be. That's the whole appeal of Make America Great Again to the Evangelical Church. It reminds white evangelicals of where they, when they used to be in control. And God is shaking things up. This isn't about black and white and Democrats and Republicans. This is a, a spirit of lawlessness that is utilizing deception based in what you fear to trap you. And if you've relied upon and found security in the way things used to be, the appeal of going back to the way they were, even though they never were like that, is how you've been suckered in. This is what it is. This is what lawlessness is. 
It does not regard the truth. And your heroes on these news broadcasts, they know, I mean, they have multi-million dollar contracts, so they're not sweating if they're going to pay their rent or eat. And they have bodyguards. They're feeding you what your soul is afraid of. And you cannot and you will not escape that pull of lawlessness unless you turn from it, humble yourself, bring the fact of what you're afraid of to God and finally learn to trust God. None of this is about trusting God. It's all about how by armed strength or by organized responses we can take back a nation and benefit from its economy. That's why when this nation's economy is rolled into the global economy, nobody's going to get away from that. You think you're going to avoid the beast? No, you are, you are on the fast track to being absorbed into the economy of the beast. That's what it's about. And the scriptures actually, believe it or not, prophesied these things. But listen, if, you, if this is what you love, if you can't be talked out of it, if none of what I'm saying appeals to you because your fear of not having enough has become so entrenched that you prefer to listen to these prophets of deception and these prognosticators of falsehoods based on falsehoods. If that's what you prefer, let me read you this scripture. And for this reason, the reason that you do not love the truth, for this reason God sends them, that would be you, strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What is it saying? It's saying you're not part of that which destroys the lawless one. How is he destroyed? His influence over the minds of men will be destroyed, his influence over you will be destroyed by the the, 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 the pneuma, the word or the, 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 the breath that comes out of the mouth of God, which is truth, and by the brightness of His coming that has to do with the mature Son who is the radiance of His Father's glory and in that sense He is the uh, epiphania, He is the epiphany of God, He's how God shows up in human form. That's the plan, that's the, the, 
when, when the Lord comes back, when the Lord comes, now there will be a time when the Lord comes out of heaven, right? At the end of the age. But he destroys the lawless one before he comes because he grants victory to the saints. He does not save the world out of their lawlessness because the lawless one appeals to the world. He overcomes the saints in this battle of warfare, but the saints never, in this war of words that characterizes this battle, but the saints are not brought under the control of the evil one because they are the radiant alternative to the darkness, deception, and lies of the cosmos spoken by this, by this spirit. I want to continue in the vein of this discussion and we'll import everything we've been talking about, we'll import it back into now the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation as we look at this war and specifically as we look at this second beast who comes up out of the earth and as a name and a number and an image and the entrapment of humanity in those things as contrasted with those who have the name of the Father on their foreheads. And Sam Solon, continue to study this with me. Bye-bye.